Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is Locked On Sports, Minnesota's podcast network. Ron Johnson show coming up today. Looking forward to talking about the Vikings, Philadelphia Eagles. There's something that the Philadelphia Eagles do better than any other team that a lot of people don't realize. And the Vikings can stop them. But if they do not, they will not win this game. And I'll explain that coming up next in the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. I'm excited about today's show. Why? It's game day. It's a Monday, but it's also game day. And on game day, you have to talk about the game. You have to talk about what's coming up, what the Vikings can do to win, what the Eagles need to do to win. Who is the best matchup that we need to keep an eye on for this game? But before we do all that, as I said, we're going to talk about what the Eagles do better than most teams do and how the Vikings can stop them. But before we do that, Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota for endless Vikings talk during the football season. Not only can you find us on YouTube or your favorite podcasting platform, but we are now on Roku and Amazon Fire with the all-new Locked On Sports Minnesota app. Please check it out today for all your favorite shows. Well, as we jump into today's show, I got to bring my producer in, Sam Ekstrom. And Sam, it's game day. And we saw what Sunday's games look like. We saw, uh, I, I'm just going to jump out there. There's a, a sports betting app. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's a lot out there, but there are some through uh, networks that you can win Terry Bradshaw's money, for instance. You pick the winners, pick six teams. Uh, you pick the point spread, whoever has the closest. Eventually, you know, you have a chance to win, I don't know, 100K plus Tony, Terry Bradshaw's money, my Uncle Terry. <clears throat> and... Picking bets, you know, bet online, uh, bet online. Uh, it's, it's awesome. It's a great platform. I know for all the betters out there, there's some that are way better than me, but this is where I'll say I was well off. I mean, way off. Sorry. <clears throat> I picked the bucks by three. So I was right there. Picked the Panthers by three giants. Got me. I picked the Steelers by six. I picked the lions by six. So I was right there. By the way, Steelers lost to the Patriots. I picked the Seahawks by three, way off. 49ers getting Jimmy G back, which I can't wait because Dan Patrick bet a fan <clears throat> that he would take a pie to the face if Jimmy Garoppolo ever starts a game for the 49ers in the 2022 season. Now, I don't know if he made the caveat of the injury doesn't count, um, but who knows? And I said the Packers will win by three. So I was one, two, three. So I was 50% right. 50% does nothing for your pocketbook. I don't know about you, Sam, but that's why I leave the betting to the pros. Uh, I'll make some friendly small wagers here and there, 10 bucks maybe on a parlay. Um, but yeah, no, I'm not putting any big money on this. I, I just, it's, it's too unpredictable. The teams that you think should win don't win, which is why the NFL is great. It's one of the best because you never know. Football is king, in my opinion. You never know. And so, Sam, this is where I take this. <clears throat> The Vikings-Eagles game, I don't really think there's a true favorite. Like, I, uh, what, what was the last line, Sam, so far for the Vikings-Eagles game? Two and a half, uh, the Eagles are favored by now. It was one and a half at one point. Now it's back up to two and a half. 
And this is what I'll say to that. I love that. Because if you pick the Vikings um, just to cover, you're probably <clears throat> going to you – you have a chance. I think if the Vikings win by one, it happens. If they win by three, you got it. You know, the Eagles, I don't think they'll win by that. But I could be wrong, and that's why – like for me, it's just like I, I just can't put more down than I'm like sitting there. Like I don't want to put enough down where I'm sitting there wondering, like, am I going to be paying my mortgage this month? And this is where I take this, Sam, as I pay off the tees. The Eagles have one of the best running attacks with their quarterback. People assumed – now this is the thing about Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is extremely explosive. He's going to give you that 70-plus yard run that he gave us Sunday versus the Dolphins. He will give you that. But Jalen Hurts matriculates down the field with legit runs here and there. Ten yards, seven yards. You break contain in a pass. He's going to run. RPO. He's looking to run or pass first, then run. So it's more of a PRO. He's not a run-pass option. It's a pass-run option. He's rolling out. It's not there. He's going to tuck and go. And he's really good. Um and people forget that he was one of the best quarterbacks in college football at one point. Like the kid went to Alabama, one of the best institutions for college football. Uh, Tua, no surprise, went to Alabama. Mac Jones went to Alabama, no surprise. Um, I don't know how Nick Saban does it, money, uh, but Bryce Young. You know, so I think we got confused at one point about what Jalen Hurts was. Maybe it was that the offense wasn't built for him. It was built for Carson Wentz. And so then he tried to come in and run a Carson Wentz offense that wasn't really built for him. Now it's built for him, like we see Kirk Cousins, and he's doing well. <clears throat> so here's what I say what the Vikings need to do to stop this run game. And somebody said a stat, and I don't know if it's true or not because I haven't had time to look it all up, but they said last year Jalen Hurts rushed for more yards and touchdowns than Lamar Jackson. Now, I don't know if it was the combined two or what it was or if it was just legit. He had more rushing touchdowns and more rushing yards than Lamar Jackson. Hard to believe, but that's what somebody said. I don't know if it was per game or if it was total or what it was because I guess, you know, he didn't – I don't know what that was with starts. I haven't looked into all that. But here's my point. <clears throat> the Vikings have a guy by the name of Brian Asamoa. They also have a guy hopefully going to play tonight, Lewis Seen. They also have a guy by the name of Cam Bynum. Those are three unique athletes. Lewis Seen is a freak at his size, has the speed. Cam Bynum, corner, playing safety, unique. Brian Asamoa, speed, size, linebacker. You have to be able to, and I watched um, the Eagles game, and you did actually see a guy trying to spy him. Like, you saw it. Like, you watched the Lions highlights. They tried to roll a guy to his side, but then he runs the other way. Um, and then on some of them, they had a guy spying, and then he pump fakes, and the guy jumps to the to the pass in the lane, and he can't recover. And so my hope is that the guy spying them doesn't fall for the banana in the tailpipe. That's my takeaway. Don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe. Like, if you're going to go get them, go get them. If you're supposed to spy them and keep them in your vision, keep them in your vision. Don't, don't, fall, for the, don't fall for the window dressing, the motion, the jet sweep stuff and all that, the fake handoff. Don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe. Because that's what the Eagles want you to do. They want you to take the treat, and then he's going to go out the other way. Uh, the Eagles' offense, I mean, even from a passing standpoint, like A.J. Brown has transformed this offense. I mean, he's thrown him some nice – he has a nice deep ball. You know, he has some really good receivers at Alabama, and we forget that, that he's won big-time games. Like, he won a national championship. Like, he's done some ridiculous things. Like – you know, he has an arm. 
I think we just we just put Tua in front of him and just assumed he wasn't as good. And then when Tua didn't work as a rookie, we're like, oh, there's no way Jalen Hurts is better than Jalen Hurts is just as good as Tua. Tua was just the new shiny toy that Nick Saban wanted to take out the garage and say, you know what? Instead of having you sit for a year and let Jalen finish his two years out, I'm gonna I'm gonna start my new toy because I just I can't leave it in the garage. Who leaves a Ferrari in the garage? I gotta bring it out. I don't care that I have a Range Rover. I, I gotta bring the Ferrari out. It's winter time. I don't care. And then you end up like Stefan Diggs with your Lamborghini stuck in the snow in Buffalo. But this is what I say to this, Sam. I think the Vikings can win this game. Not by a lot, but I think they can win this game. I watched the, the Lions beat the uh, Commanders, and we'll talk about that next segment. The Lions aren't a bad team, which leads me to believe the Eagles are not a bad team. They're both good. I think we took the Lions for granted. I was like, how'd they let them put 38 points on? The Lions are good. They put 35 points on the Eagles. I think the Vikings offense is better than the Lions. I think the Vikings defense is better than the Lions. And that's why I think that, you know, what this 3-4 can do, having more speed backers on the field than D Lyman, I think that's the big difference. Instead of a 4-3 going to a 3-4, you have more speed on the field. You can kind of – because the Eagles aren't a true run, you know, run team where they're in the gaps and all that. They're, they're trying to get to that edge. And now you put Daniel Hunter and Darius Smith in space. But I don't know. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen tonight? Yeah, well, first of all, to, to clarify, he did – have more rushing yards than Lamar Jackson last year, 784 okay. to 767. So, so how so about it was that? close. It was close. It was close. It was tight. <laughs> I think Jackson missed more time. I think he was hurt for a few of those games. Um, I would much rather contain AJ Brown and Devonte Smith and Dallas Goddard. If it means you give up a little bit on the ground. I think okay. that if you had to choose like last week against the Packers, the Vikings gave up ground yards but they contained the pass so well. Um, they got helped out by a drop at one point. But I think that if you can make sure A.J. Brown doesn't kill you and you get him into third-down situations where they have to throw, that's where I think you win this game. So don't give up the big play. Don't let Jalen Hurts go 75 on you like Lamar went yesterday. Uh, but as long as you can keep them in third downs, third down and medium or third down and long, that, I think, is where you can feast defensively, bring the pressure, and fluster Jalen Hurts because you can't really go to the RPO on third down and six. I mean, that's got to be more of a passing situation. Um, there's going to be a little more guess or a little less guesswork involved for the Vikings' defense. Um, so try to make them a little more one-dimensional. I think that's the key tonight. Um, but, you know, if Hurts is running well, Ron, if he's getting them in third and shorts – with his legs, well, that's that's when it becomes problematic because then the whole playbook is open for, for Sirianni and the Eagles, uh, and that's when they can hurt you. Yeah, and so this is what I look at and see. So the Vikings offense, and there's only been one game, so let's not, you know, I don't like to throw stats out there after one game, but I kind of have to. They are the best team in the NFL offensively on first down. They were gaining 8.6 yards per play on first down against the Packers. That's ridiculous. But what does that mean? You're getting second and short. You're getting third and short. And that's why we saw, and then you're getting fourth and one even if you have to. But that's why we saw Kevin O'Connell be so efficient. I think the other turn of it, now we talked about Jalen Hurts, for the Vikings offense, they have to continue in that. I don't know if 8.6 is sustainable on first down the entire season because that's nuts. But... I do like the fact that Kevin O'Connell is not afraid to take a shot on first down to get you 15, 16 yards to get out of the shadow of his own goalpost. I like that he does mix it up to give Justin Jefferson a chance in space 
on first down to say, hey, look, go get us six, seven yards. We'll, we'll just jump, dump it off to you, see what you can do with it. Um, you didn't see as many runs on first down, um, even though I think there was only like between first and second down, I think there was like, I had the numbers yesterday, I got it written down, but it was like 11 runs or something, or 11 passes, maybe the 26 runs. So we felt like there were more passes, but there actually weren't. And maybe some of them came late in the game when he had to run, you know, when he was just running the ball because he was running the ball on first down. Um, and I haven't looked at like quarter by quarter, first quarter, second quarter. I'll have all that for tomorrow's show. Um, but I do know, and I don't want to get too far in the weeds and the stats because it's sexy to me, but some people don't like all that. Uh, but I will say that like Kevin O'Connell's offense has to be efficient on first and second down versus Eagles defense, because then when they can pin their ears back on third down, and we saw them do it to the Lions and Jared Goff is not Kirk Cousins. Let's be for real. But they are very scary and dangerous because they throw a lot at you. I mean, they, it, you know, the wide nine, wide seven Russians pointing in, looking at you, coming down the barrel. Nothing's changed with Philly. Um, they, they are blue-collar town. They feed off their fans. And Jalen Rager put it best. You know, you can't listen to the fans. And that's what I think the Vikings have to do. The best sound for them can be silence. If you can silence the fans, you have control of that game. If they're loud and they're able to get you, you know, rattled on third down where Kirk can't hear the play and then he can't change it, um, then we're going to – it's going to be a problem. And I think that's what's going to happen. But, you know, I know the link's going to be jumping. The fans are going to be lathered up because I'm pretty sure they're all leaving work today around 2 o'clock, uh, leaving work early to start drinking and doing what they do in Philly. Um, good thing they're not in Buffalo because they break tables, but Philly, they break bones. We know that. They will fight anybody. They will beat up Santa Claus if they could. But that's going to do it for the first segment. Before we jump into this next segment, we're going to talk about the NFC North. What happened with the NFC North? What is going on with this division? Every week, I feel like it's going to be a roller coaster. Uh, kind of like the Twins early in the year, we thought they had a chance, and then now uh, we're starting to see they don't. But I think the NFC North is going to have a similar season where the Lions – the Lions aren't going to go quietly into the dark. Like this Lions game next week, I don't want to look too far ahead, but this Lions game next week is going to be very telling of where the NFC North is. Ron, I've got lines for you from betonline.net. The Vikings tonight, two-and-a-half-point underdogs, over-under 49 in Philly. Gophers in the Big Ten opener on Saturday against Michigan State, two-point favorites against Michigan State, who was ranked 11th going into their game at Washington last Saturday. So the Gophers are favored on Saturday. You can get those lines and more at betonline.net, your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find the latest developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, and every single line from these upcoming games in college and pro football. BetOnline is your continued source for all sports wagering info, live betting resources, eSports, and scores. They've also got lines for MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. So, Sam, this is what I say about the NFC North. Currently where it stands, Vikings have to play tonight, so we can't really uh, crown them number one. Um, but they are the uh, undefeated team. They're leading the division so as of today. <laughs> as of today, but the game hasn't been played. Uh, they are undefeated, 1-0. and um, but they have to play the Eagles tonight. If they go 2-0, then, yeah, they have a, a lead on the the, the division because everybody – not everybody. The Lions are 1-1. One one, Packers are 1-1. One one, Bears are 1-1 one one as well. Um, so it's not out of the question that anybody can jump, in my opinion. Well, Packers for sure ahead of the Bears because they beat them. 
Um, I, I, I'm guessing the Lions Bears will be a tie, but then if you go to points, blah, blah, they give you who's where. Um, I'm going to put the, in my opinion, I'm putting the Lions in front of the Bears. I just think they look like a better team right now. Their run game looks strong. Uh, where the Bears, I don't think they could find a run game if they were playing Madden with that team. Like, it's it's just, I don't think they have a plan. Like, like Justin Fields looks really confused. Uh, you know, he was running the ball at one point, threw it, and he was well beyond the line of scrimmage. Like, for a guy that, like, a year ago said, oh, man, the NFL moves so slow, like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if they're not getting him prepared. This is what I will say. I think if Kevin O'Connell had Justin Fields, I think Justin Fields would be one of the top quarterbacks uh, in the conference. I think he'd be, you know, in the NFC, he'd probably be, you know, top seven in the NFC with Kevin O'Connell. I just think Kevin O'Connell would find a way to make that kid really good and use his legs and his arm, uh, whereas Eberflus, you know, I think he's having the same issues that they had before. Like, they just – they just don't have a plan, and I think that's key when you when you sign up a coach. Like, if you look at Shanahan, he knows what he wanted to do with Trey Lance. Prayers are for him. Uh, when you look at uh, the Eagles with Jalen Hurts, you see they knew what they wanted to do with him. You look at Tua, same thing. Mike, uh, Coach Mike came in, and he knew what he wanted to do. Mike Daniels came in. It's like, look, I know what I want to do with this kid. I know I can make him good. And then you see what happens. You know, he's killing it right now. I mean, I think he almost threw for 500 yards. Um, so – there are some coaches that get it, and then there's some that are just like, I don't, I don't really get it. You know, Buffalo Bills knew what they wanted to do with Josh Allen. We were all like, what? This kid's not that good. Whoa, yep, yep, he's good. He's good. He's good. He's got the, he's got Stefan Diggs now too, and he's really good. So there's some quarterbacks that I think are stuck in a system that just doesn't hurt help them. Uh Matthew Stafford, we'll find out if it was Kevin O'Connell or not. Like it's gonna come out in about five weeks. We'll see how the season pans out. Um was it the chicken or the egg? Was Kevin O'Connor really a great quarterback guru? Was he a quarterback whisperer? But that's where I put the NFC. I think the Packers show that they're still dominant. I think the Vikings, that first game, it just took those rookies a chance. If Christian Watson catches that ball, butterfly effect, I think it's a totally different game. I think that puts doubt into the players' heads for the Vikings. I think it gives the, the Packers a ton of confidence. Um, I think they lost confidence early on that drop. Like they were, they doubted themselves. The entire, it just never felt like they were, like Rodgers never felt comfortable letting the ball fly. Last night, he let the ball fly. Sammy Watkins, balled out. And so when you think about the Packers, the Vikings, Vikings one, Packers two right now, Lions three, Bears four. That's how I put the NFC North. Uh, but again, the Vikings get to play the Lions next week, and I think that's going to give us even a better picture of what this is. And the Lions find a way to beat the Vikings somehow, then we're back to craziness. We're back to, okay, here we go. I think fans are going to be questioned. Because even if they lose to the Eagles, I don't think that's a huge blow. Uh, but losing to the Lions will be a huge blow to the ego for these Vikings fans. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, I thought the the Bears' loss last night was the least surprising result of the week. I, I fully expected the Packers at home to bounce back like they always do. The Bears' offense is a joke, honestly, at this point. Like, other than, you know, a couple nice pieces in the run game and, and Fields' athleticism, there's just not much going for them on offense. They don't have Allen Robinson anymore. I don't know who their tight end is. They don't have any wide receiver depth. Um, that's just a bad offensive team. And I, the, the way they beat San Francisco in week one was obvious. It was the weather. They were playing in a monsoon where San Francisco gave the ball away a couple times, uh, didn't know how to play in that environment, and the Bears snuck away with a win. But in good conditions, the Bears' offense is not going to look very good against the Packers. So that didn't surprise me at all. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched Baldy's breakdowns on Twitter, Ron, but Brian Baldinger does these film breakdowns where 
he breaks down some element of, of a lot of the games each week. And he did mm-hmm. one this morning on the Lions. Their offensive line is mauling people in the run game. They're averaging over seven yards a carry on the ground this year, and they have three runs of 50 yards or more. Um, Jamal Williams getting involved. DeAndre Swift getting involved. Using Amon Ross St. Brown on the end arounds with the jet sweep motion. Their run game is legit, and now that they've scored 35 and 36 points in the first two games, we might have to reconsider uh, what, what Detroit has going on there. So them coming to Minnesota next week, that could be a sneaky, difficult game uh, with that offensive line blocking the way it is. And I still don't trust Goff, but if they can run the ball that well, look out. Um, so, yeah, I think Detroit is, is proving some people right. A lot of people put their faith in the Lions thinking, okay, this could be a much improved team. And while I still don't think they're a playoff contender, I think they're going to give a lot of teams trouble this season. Yeah, and so I think Dan Campbell, he's got it going together. Like, he's got these guys, like, I mean, just you watch the videos. You saw the lineman, uh, number 70, played in the league for six years, first time starting. Uh, the team really, you know, gravitated to him. He cried a little bit. Uh, but he, he mauled, I mean, he ran a guy down the field, like Brian, like, um, what was it, or Michael Orr, you know, in, in, in his movie, you know, took a kid to the bench. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he took a kid 15 yards down the field on that run by uh, Swift when he scored. And so – uh, when you see that, you know, that's a guy that's now earned himself a spot. And now for a coach, you now have to figure out how do I get this guy on the field more if, you know, and that's the first time he played guard. That was like he played six years and never played guard and started for the first time in the position he's never played. But when you look at <clears throat> the quarterbacks of the NFL right now, you know, again, all these stats aren't really accurate. Um because you have to look at where they're at. So let's go to completions. Um, the stats aren't accurate because it is one game. But you got Josh Allen up there with completion percentage. You got Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins, Tua Tagovailoa, uh, Daniel Jones, then Aaron Rodgers. You know, and, and that's where you see Kirk Cousins is still one of the top. <clears throat> when you look at the NFC North, you know, of course Jordan loves in there, but whatever that means. Nothing. Um, <clears throat> you got Kirk Cousins. And then you have to search down for the rest of the guys in the NFC North. Like Jared Goff and somebody, they haven't really put up numbers to say like, okay, this is the guy. Like this is our guy. This is a guy that's going to take us long run. If you look at passer rating, Kirk Cousins, 118.9. third in the NFL right now. 118.9. He's behind Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Sounds like a top five quarterback to me. But again, it's early on because I can't. You can argue with me because Jordan Love has the same 118.8. So I can't, I know, I know what you fans are thinking, but you know, Tua Tagovailoa is up there. Josh Allen's up there. Uh, then Jared Goff. And then you go down to A-Raj and then you go down to uh, somewhere on like page 82. It's Justin Fields. And that's why, that's how I get those. Why I say where guys are. I, I think the quarterback's going to take you as far as you can go. Um, but this NFC North, it's wide open. It's only one game in for the Vikings, two games in for the others. Everybody's one and one. The Vikings lose, then it's absolute mayhem because now everybody's one and one. Vikings have the head-to-head matchup with the Packers. Packers have the head-to-head matchup with the Bears. And then now the Vikings get to play the Lions, and then, you know, we'll round that back out. Um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting season. I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to what comes of it because 
I truly feel like like Kevin O'Connell instills a lot of confidence. And maybe because I'm an offensive guy, I like an offensive minded guy that, you know, kind of really gives you uh, what you need. But it's that time of the show that I love. And yes, people, it's softball season for my daughter. It's extremely fun to see her bat first. She had a couple, you know, nice plays in the outfield. Um, so and she had a couple great steals to help the team. Team bats got hot and uh, they had a great game. But that's why my voice is a little bit hoarse. I have to save it for the fan line tonight because the Vikings lose. I know I'm going to have to talk a lot of you off the ledge uh, and, and put your pitchforks away for, for Kevin O'Connell. But we got the Daily Three coming up next. Excited about that. Why? Because we always get to give our hot takes. We have three minutes to do it. We have three questions each. <clears throat> but before we do that, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel where you can find videos of all our shows, instant podcasts after every game, and the Vikings press conferences delivering all the biggest news. Like our videos, leave your thoughts in the comment section, subscribe to the Locked On Sports Minnesota for endless Vikings talk from local experts. Well, Sam, it's that time. Take it away. Crazy comebacks in the NFL yesterday, Ron. Let me ask you about which, which was your favorite. So we've got... The Jets down 13 with under two minutes left. They mm -hmm. beat the Browns 31-30. The Ravens were up on the Dolphins 35-14 in the fourth quarter. They lose 42-38. Tua goes off. And then the latest game in the afternoon, Cardinals and Raiders. Cardinals down 20-0 at half. They come back and win in overtime on a scoop and score 29-23. Craziest comeback of the day, Ron. Oh, I think I got to go with the Cardinals. And the only reason I go with the Cardinals is because there's video of like fans popping bottles for the Raiders because they just thought it was over. And that's why, the, for me, that's so funny. Because uh, one is the Vegas mentality, pop bottles, have fun. I'm in the club. They got that club section in the end zone right behind the field goal. So it's easily noticeable when stuff like that pops off, when the DJ's going and girls are dancing or whatever it might be doing. But yeah, dudes were buying bottles of champagne, popping it. Like, oh, yeah, shaking it like they just won a championship. Those dudes probably aren't even from Vegas. You know, they're just in town visiting, having fun. And then Kyler Murray does what Kyler Murray does, which is run around like a crazy person until nobody's paying attention, and he scores. He hits A.J. Green for a nice back of the end zone play. And then Byron Murphy Jr. is lucky because that scoop and score was awesome. But he did the Deshaun Jackson and literally almost gave the ball. I mean, like, yes. guys were taking their jerseys off. They were trading jerseys. Like, how do you put your jersey back on after you signed it for somebody to finish out the game because your guy tossed the ball into the back of the end zone, which is a safety. No, no, sorry, which is a touchback. So then it's a touchback. So now the Raiders get to get the ball at the 20. And because they did have the both had the ball, if the Raiders come down and kick a field goal, game's over. So I will never understand the need to toss a ball so soon before crossing the line of like the goal line. Like, I just don't get it. Like it came down to an inch, like his knee broke the plane and the ball came loose, which they said the ball was passed as well. He is so lucky. He didn't have a petty referee mm -hmm. that just wanted to call it and say, you know what? It's up to me. I get to decide this. And I think also he noticed like half the team was in the locker room and you know, you can see the coaches panicking a little bit. But, no, I, I got to go with the Cardinals-Raiders. It was it was a fun game. Uh, Kyler Murray showed us that, hey, 
when they get DeAndre Hopkins back, like, again, it, I was one of those, like, and I don't know. I don't know if the Vikings defense can scare him, you know, like they've done in the past, and they, they, they beat the Vikings last year. It'll be interesting to see. But, you know, when he gets D-Hop back, he's going to be even scarier. So that, that Cardinals matchup changes now in my mind. It's not an easy win, but that's what I take from it. Interesting note, all three of those comebacks by the road team, which wow. is kind of interesting. Did, yeah. You don't expect that from the Jets. Jets still aren't going anywhere. Um, you definitely – I mean, the Ravens are going to be fine um, despite that loss, but the Dolphins. Dolphins might be legit with an offense that can score that much that quickly, and the Vikings have to play them in five weeks. So I know. It's out. a lot of scary teams in the NFL now. But, it's, again, it's early. People haven't seen film like – Mike Daniels' offense, that was new for the, for the Dolphins. So, like, a lot of these offenses are new. Like, people have to figure them out. So, it'll be interesting yeah. to see what, like, in three or four weeks when people start to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, next one, this is kind of a sad one. Um, Chris Ottman-Bell, we've had him on the show. 28-0 on Saturday. The Gophers are going for a two-minute drive. Ottman-Bell reaches for a pass, kind of takes an awkward step, goes down, and is out for the year with a knee injury. So, Chris Ottman-Bell... Um, you feel for him, 60-year guy. Uh, what what kind of blow is this to the Gophers' offense and to Chris Ottman Bell himself? It's huge. I mean, he's the leading receiver. He's the voice. He's the heartbeat. He's the guy. Um, when they need a fade in the back of the end zone, they haven't needed it yet. He was going to be the guy. They've blown every team out, so they have not had to, like, and that's why it's kind of sad. You know, I know you want to get stats and you want to get these guys in. Um you know, I know coaches can go back on moments and be like, man, we probably shouldn't have had them in there. We probably didn't need to play all these guys at this point. Like, this was this is an easy game. Um, but, you again, you can't just rest players because you got to go through the reps. Uh, if it didn't happen now, it probably was, you know, might have happened later. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's a huge blow because when you look at the stats for receivers right now, the, the, the next receiver up is a tight end in Brevin Span Ford. So, you know, eight receptions, 127 yards, one touchdown is their next best receiver. Uh, or receiving target. You got Michael Brown Stevens, six catches, 107 yards, no touchdowns. You got Clay Geary, who now, I mean, I think he's on his sixth or seventh year, so he now becomes the active captain guy, you know, on the field. He got hurt last year, so now he gets a chance to, you know, kind of shine, but four catches, 73 yards, one touchdown. Dalen Wright is going to have to step up. Uh, we know that. And then uh, we don't know if, if Brockington is going to redshirt. You know, he's a really good, you know, young talent. Uh, three catches, 47 yards, but he, you know, he might retro. Daniel Jackson hasn't done much this season, only two. But again, it's because they haven't thrown the ball much. Tanner Morgan's only completed 38 passes in, in three games. I mean, that's that's crazy. 38 passes completed in three games, only 53 passes thrown in three games. Like that's less than 20 passes a game. And so they just haven't been put. And so I, it sucks because Michigan State was going to be that team. They need this. They need to be able to pass the ball and throw the ball against Michigan State. Michigan State's, Michigan State's one of those teams where you you have to be able to throw the ball on them because uh, it's going to be – and again, I could be wrong. Michigan State's – you know, Michigan State's pass defense looked very sketchy. Uh, so maybe they can get by without Chris Hoffman. But I think Chris Hoffman-Bell is going to be the, 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 the difference maker in some of these Big Ten games coming up. So it's a huge blow. Yeah. He was the deep threat, too. We saw it in the, the fourth touchdown against Colorado with that beautiful pass by Morgan. And I'm not questioning that the fact that Ottman Bell was on the field because I think in the first half, your starters are still going to play. It just is yeah, painful true. to see right. guys get hurt 
in a blowout like that, even though I, mean, I think it was 35 to nothing, though, at half. I don't know if you needed. Yeah. <laughs> like, I said that on the pregame show, though. I was like, I'd love to see him just rest the players by the second quarter. I literally said that. Um, I was, I was, it was a little mm-hmm. tongue in cheek. Like, I wasn't dead on serious, but I kind of was. I was like, you know, at this point, you know, Michigan State's up next. I know you can't look past your opponent, but I was like, this thing's going to be over by the first or second quarter. And it was like, it was 35 to nothing. So, I mean, but yeah, yeah. as I 2020, you can't just rest guys. Because you're like, look, this is over. We got 28 points already, but hey, it is what it is. Yep, Gophers won that game 49-7, to Michigan State on Saturday. Last one, Ron, Lewis Seen debuts tonight for the Minnesota Vikings, the first-round pick. What role do you expect him to play? Is it going to be on defense? Is it going to be just a special teamer? What do you think? <sighs> so in preseason, he looked good. He looked really good in preseason. Um Cam Bynum looks really good, though. So you can't just upseat a guy because you, you drafted a guy in the first round. Like, that's just not how it works. Now, um, and now if Cam Bynum had not been playing well in that Packers game, I could see it. Like, hey, look, that guy got beat. He's not in the right position. He's missing tackles. Um, I didn't see anything like that on film where Cam Bynum was a, was a problem. So I think Lewisine gets worked in there. I think he's part of that rotation. Uh, you gotta, you gotta give, give, give guys a breather. I think hopefully, you know, with this three receiver look that the Eagles like to do, like I keep saying, spying the, the quarterback, Lewis Seen likes to play in the box. Like he's a guy that can run and play in the box. Cam Bynum can too. I would not be surprised if Lewis Seen comes in as a big nickel and just plays in the box to worry about the quarterback. Uh, you know, if you take, uh, George, you know, you take one of the D linemen out, you bring in Seen. Uh, and now you just have like some kind of like hybrid look. I mean, you I don't know, but like I, I hope that he gets used on defense and special teams, but I can't just see him upseating Cam Bynum because Cam Bynum hasn't done anything to be taken out. Like he's he looks good. So it's an embarrassment of riches. Um, it's a problem that you want to have. because uh, in the past we were like, man, the safety depth is like, oh, uh, like who's after Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris? We'd always just say that a couple years ago. And now we have it. We have depth. We have three to four, you know, safeties you can put in there. Looking forward to seeing him play because he is the first-round pick. You drive him for that reason. Yeah, Ron, I don't know if I'm more excited to see Lewis Seen play tonight or Brian Asamoah. I'm hoping that I see both of them. But in Lewis Seen's case, you know, obviously in practice, he's not allowed to hit people. So we didn't get to see how physical he can be in a practice setting. And in the preseason games, he didn't really get a chance to show some of that signature Lewis seen physicality. Uh, the ball just wasn't around him all that much. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do when, when the live bullets are flying in a regular season NFL game. If they give him some opportunities to get on the field defensively, maybe in a sub package. I'm also pumped to see Brian Asamoa. That's a player that they didn't unveil in the Packers game on defense, but I think he also has a sub package role. Maybe he's chasing around Jalen Hurts, spying on him, making sure he doesn't scramble. That's obviously a major key to this game is containing Hurts. And, you know, maybe Seen and Asamoah have roles to play in that regard. At minimum, I think we're going to see Seen uh, making tackles on kickoffs, maybe a little bit on punt return. But he undoubtedly is going to play a role in this game. The question is how much. It'll be a test of Ed Donatel's creativity to see how they incorporate him in his first action. And that'll do it for today's episode of the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast Network. And remember, when you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota, you are getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast feed wherever you find your podcast, and find our videos on Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel. 
And please make sure to like, share, comment. Let us know what you think. Vikings, Eagles, who's going to win? Are the Vikings going to cover? Or are the Eagles better than everyone thinks? Thank you and have a great day.